Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colossal Supremo. Go! Your destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play by play man Dan Dibley Squirt. and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. They said it wouldn't last, Rick, but here we are, episode 40. We've just turned the big 4 0. The big 4 0, yes. Tom Brady, welcome to the, what would it be? Uh. Quatragenarian. Quatrace, I'm out. Quatragenarian. Yes, because as you well know, it's Golasso Supremo. Go! El ganador este partido entre Tiri Margarita y Alemania juega Inglaterra lunes. I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard your whole. But it cracks me up. Yeah. I just wanted to fix the levels here as we continue. Yeah, what's live, man? It's a live podcast. What's good, bro? Golasso Supremo, episode 40. We've got a lot. To talk about many things to cover off, as they say across the pond, mm-hmm. including uh, coming up, we will give you a full preview of the big one for you. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium will be the home of the Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur against the unbeatable force that is Liverpool. That, of course, the featured game on Saturday. We'll take a look at the table as a whole. We got to check in on the Carabao Cup because no one likes a cup like I do. And some news and notes from around the world of European soccer, including, unfortunately, Iran and the turmoil that's going on in Iran affecting international soccer in a new and unique way. Where do you want to begin, Rick Tittle? Well, let's just begin. You're speaking of Liverpool. We had the um, winner of the African Footballer of the Year just a couple days ago. And two Liverpool players were one and two. Sadio Mane beating out um, his teammate. Mo, yeah, Mo Saleh. And then, of course, you've got uh, Riyad Mahrez, who came in uh, third. The Algerian playing for Man City. Very good. And it's just a, uh, it's a it's an English sweep, uh, as always. But I've always, you know, the African Footballer of the Year is always kind of a cool award, if you think about Tony Yaboa and George Weah and all the greats throughout the years that have won this award. Remember the CAF, or the African... Uh, soccer federation, the Coupe d'Afrique, the African Cup of Nations, they treat their regional championship also as World Cup qualifying. They're the only region that does that. And we've seen some amazing games over the years, sub-Saharan Africa to um, some of the great teams in in North Africa as well. Uh, So anyway, just a shout out to Sadio Mane, who also was third in the Ballon d'Or voting as well. So. And he, I think right now, is perhaps the best player in the Premier League with the possible exception to Jamie Vardy and the Vardy party that's gone on <laughs> in Leicester. Sadio Mane has been spectacular. He's taken a lot of the pressure off of Mo Salah, who has had a good year, but not a record-setting year. And certainly mm-hmm. Roberto Firmino, who's had a little bit more of a quiet campaign, although his goal in uh, the club World Cup final Certainly one to remember. Yeah. And I have to say, Sadio Mane, though, comes in the uh, bottom of the Premier League when you talk about lids. Oh, you don't like the do? 
I don't it's know. more of a don't for you than it is a do. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's but, uh, what, who am I to talk? I don't know. You've gone with the same hairstyle for the better part of fifty three years. I would yeah, imagine. I just modeled it off of uh, Oliver North. Actually, I have the same barber, by the way, since I worked in TV. So we're going back, back to in nineteen diggity seven eighty nine. Wow. Yes, it's the same guy. He's retired, but he comes in on Wednesdays just for me. And what does he charge you, if I may? Thirty five bucks, and I give him a five dollar tip. That's not bad. That's every, not bad. Every five weeks. 35 and you give him five? So it's 40. If it was 40, would you give him 10? Or is, is $5 your standard barber tip? And I'm, I'm curious what the uh, what the standard is. Because my haircut is uh, is actually done by a, a cat. I just throw some milk on my head and <laughs> they lick off whatever peach fuzz is on there. It certainly does suck. Yeah, it's terrible too. When um, you have no hair, you, you pay less. But my tip is also five, but I don't yeah. have quite... The same stylish quaff as you. I, I think I would probably keep it five, but it would be tempting, though, if you had two 20s and a 10 and you go, ah, just keep it. Right. Just break them off a solid five zero. Yeah. Are you guys going to talk soccer? We are. It's my fault. I took it down the <laughs> quaff highway. And I'm sure many of our thousands of listeners are outraged that we yes. uh, took a detour, but let's uh, take a trip to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and do a little preview of the big game of the week, match day 23 in the Premier League is a little bit of the the steam taken out of the matchup amid the news that Harry Kane will be out until April hamstring surgery. He will not feature in Tottenham's big home fixture against Liverpool. Now, this is, I mean, if you're a bookie, this is a pretty much a win for Liverpool at this point. It's amazing to me, Dibs, is the fact that it, here he is January 9th and we really had nothing as far as transfers go. I mean, we had the Mina Mina one right. to Liverpool, but, you know, I was just looking right now. I mean, there's a lot of rumors, but um, Jack Rodwell, who was cast off by Everton, he went to Sheffield United. I get it. The Rodwell was cast. There cast you go. Cast off. Very, Very well done. Uh, Chelsea, your Chelsea, they loaned out Danny Drinkwater to Villa, uh, as he's known in Italy, Bevilacqua. <laughs> And Man City, this is kind of sad in a way for Killy because Kilmarnock sold Liam Smith for 200,000 pounds to Man City. Kilmarnock, for people who don't know, are Killy. They're the oldest team in Scotland. They go back to the 1860s. This kid's 17 years old. He's never played for Kilmarnock. He's only played in the youth team. He's a Scottish under 18 international. And Man City, this, this guy was going to be... At least he's earmarked to be one of the great Scottish players of his generation. But Killy is so strapped for cash that they sell him to Man City for 200 k It's really sad. Especially when you sell it to a club that can much afford more than 200 k when exactly. you've got a roster on the order of about $300 million, yet 200 k is all they had to pay, knowing that the club was in such financial bad straits that they would accept that small pittance. Yes, this is rich getting richer once again, and so he goes to one of the biggest clubs in the world now, and that's just, but that's the news right now. We have a lot of rumors, um, especially, there were rumors that Tottenham were going to buy a striker before Harry Kane tore a muscle off his bone. Just the ones, um, of course, we've had a couple ones lately. Um, one of them was for Thomas Lamar. He's the athletic um, athletic Madrid French winger. This was a guy who was really good at Monaco, and they brought him in, and he hasn't done anything yet. And Diego Simeone's like, I like him, but he's not doing anything. The one I saw last night was for Christoph Piatek. He's the Polish striker at AC Milan. Now, last year he was great. 
This year he's only got four goals, and they just got Ibra back yes. on a free. So they don't really need him anymore, but depth is very important, as we know. Let's stay in that sphere with uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic going to AC Milan and it being a free transfer. Basically, he shows up with his boots and says, hey, guys, can I play? You mind if I run around a little bit? <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you make of that move? Does he still have enough left to contribute in one of the big five leagues in the world? Yes, he does, and I think he showed that um, in America, and it was nice for him to hang out with some Hollywood stars, but it dawns on them pretty quickly when they go to Carson, California, and they see a blimp parked across the street on the 405 that this isn't exactly At the hanging. Snub Hub Center, as my <laughs> yeah. friend Loneal calls it. That's nice. Yeah. What is it now? The Is it Home Depot? No, it's now StubHub. I thought it went even no. It, it switched again. No, I think it started at Home Depot and switched to StubHub. I may have it backwards. If you'll yeah. vamp, I will pull out my notebook and I will show you. <laughs> and vamp. I, please, vamp. Here's yeah. McTittle vamping. No, I th- I think it was I forgot the original name and then it was and then it went to StubHub and now I think it's Home Depot. No, see, I, this is the it proof. Went the, it went the, the other proof way. Proof is in the pudding because as you know, I uh, I brag about 2013 being the San Jose Earthquakes sure. play-by-play broadcaster and we'll get into the MLS Super Draft here coming up in mere moments. It is Galasso Supremo, Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley. Mm-hmm. That year they gave me a sticker for my press credential, and I took all the stickers and put them on the outside of my notebook here in April of 13, Home Depot Center, in August of 2013, StubHub Center. So that's this is, so you're right. This is how I remember. You're right, except it, it does have a new name. It does. Dignity Health Sports Park. Wow. I can't keep up. Dignity Health is, uh, is that CH Health? or That used to be Catholic Healthcare yeah. West. Okay, now they're just Dignity Health. When Renell Brooksman would say Dominican Hospital. Oh, look at you, cross-pollinating. <laughs> sure. Broadcasters. Uh, Love Renell, by and, the way. She's spectacular. Yeah, she's a legend. Renell Brooks-Moon. Renell's record party, legendary. Back to the days of uh, KISS what's FM. A, what's a record? Seriously. <laughs> I have a friend who, who uh, also plays records. We've been talking records uh, back and forth about... What are you playing and, you know, getting vinyl and shopping for vinyl? It's still pretty fun to throw on a record. It is for us because it's nostalgic, but now hipsters who never had it, like, we need to go retro, we need to do vinyl. I think it's interesting, too, that yesterday or two days ago, I had a young comedian in studio by the name of Molly Brenner from New York, and I go, are you in relation to David Brenner? Who? No, boy, that hurts. 28 years old, never heard of him. That's a little bit of a stinger, without a doubt. Before we get back into uh, the Premier League, I, I wanted to hit you with this little... News item I saw today, Sergino Dest, you know, the uh, yeah. the young Dutch player who actually is declared to play for America mm-hmm. internationally. He's now flown home from Ajax's midseason training in Qatar because he doesn't feel comfortable in the region amid the political tensions going on between the United States and Iran without getting too political. What do you make of, of this and how might this affect the World Cup, which comes up, what, at the end of this year? In October? No, it's summer. Remember, they have to have it in the summer. I thought no, they, oh, sorry, sorry. They sorry. moved it right because it's so hot. Yeah, that they moved it. They're going to move it to the. Yeah, you're right. In the to the winter. winter. That's what I meant. The winter. It's always in the summer. What am I talking about? Well, listen. Um, politics has always affected athletes. You think about. I remember dropping a name. I when I interviewed Edwin Moses, he had a gold medal for sure in Moscow eighty, but. Jimmy Carter, who, by the way, said it was the dumbest thing he ever did in his life, was 
boycotting the Olympics, and then the Soviet Union boycotted LA '84. We're all they're always getting caught up in these things, even though all they want to do is play. All the athletes. I mean, I think about Lake Placid. And those Russians just seem like these evil robots. And then you get Makarov and Larionov to the shark. They're these happy-go-lucky, great guys. And you think, it's just all propaganda, and it's a shame. But, look, I'm not there. If, if he feels uncomfortable being an American there, he has every right to feel that way. Hopefully, with Iran missing our base on purpose to save face, that everything has calmed down now. But, uh, yeah, it does make me think about the World Cup. The World Cup, logistically, was going to be a disaster there. It's a country with one city. They're going to have temporary stadiums. They're going to have artificial clouds. This stadium... Now, listen, the World Cup in 86 was going to be in Colombia. It got moved at the last minute to Mexico, and then Mexico had a horrible earthquake, and they still had it. So I just want to let everybody know that the United States is standing by to host this World Cup if they need it. And standing by to host <clears throat> any and all major sporting events because of our number of stadia mm-hmm. scattered throughout our country. Nobody does sports stadiums quite like we do. Yes. Particularly the mega stadia. And, you know, England's got tremendous stadiums, including Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but mm-hmm. they don't have as many massive capacity stadia as we do here. And I will say this, as majestic as Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is, and next year it's going to have a different name. Somebody's going to come up with the cash. Thank God. Um, but I do miss the lane. You know, the and, White Hart Lane. Yeah. When I was at White Hart Lane, 91, it still had terracing. It's both behind both goals were still these wooden roofs. They only had about eight rows. Um, there is something to be said about the intimacy of those old grounds. But listen, there's progress. And I absolutely love the new the new stadium. But I do I do have a little um, space in my heart for those old grounds. A little nostalgia, without mm-hmm. a doubt. And that's why another reason, reason number 744, why I like the Premier League, because you do get some of these old stadiums that if the team makes it up, if they get promoted to the Premier League, you can't all of a sudden flip your stadium into a 50,000-seat mega stadium. So you get... You know, Vicarage Road and Carrow Road and some of the other quaint grounds. I love that. That's why I think it was 93 when Swindon Town got promoted and they said, your ground's not big enough. You got to go back down. And Glenn Hoddle was the manager. I think that's when Glenn Hoddle went to Chelsea and almost got them relegated. But can you imagine that? You get promoted. We're in the top flight. No, you're not. Bad stadium. Yeah. And so this is why when I first started flying soccer, you would sell a player to build a new stand. And I thought, stand? Oh, you mean one-fourth of the stadium. Right, a grandstand. And that's what a team like Killy would do. What are they going to do with that 200 k They're probably going to pay all their bills is what they're going to do. Right, they're not yeah. going to go out there and you know <laughs> invest or buy some TV commercials right. or throw a wicked party. It's Colossal Supremo, Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley. Uh, the week starts off with Friday action tomorrow, a battle of Uniteds, Sheffield United going up against West Ham United. I thought both would be relegated this year. The Hammers are sitting on 22 points in 16th, but the shoe, as we call them in my house, Sheffield United, look at the shoe, strong in 8th place. Are they the greatest story, surprise story this year in the Premier League? Um, Their plucky little run. If they can qualify to play under European lights, then they will. We've seen this before where teams look like, oh my gosh, look what they've done, and then sort of attrition hits them and... Then when we get into the dog days of February and March, they start to slip, 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 slip. Um, the good news for them, knock on wood for Blades fans, is that I think that you have uh, won the, I forget however many million pounds it is to stay in the Prem. You've won that lottery. You're going to stay up. 
Um, but are they going to go strength to strength now? Are they going to add to the team? What if they do get it fifth place? What if they get into the Europa Cup? Are they going to just sit there and say like, hey, let's take it forward? Or Because sometimes these teams get into the Premier League and they're like, ah, we can't hang, we can't hang. And then they saw their players and they drop out and never come back. It just depends on how desperately you want to stay up. And we've seen this now from Norwich City, a team that is sitting in the relegation zone. They currently are dead last on 14 points, seven points away from safety, yet some activity in the transfer deadline with uh, Rocky Bushiri being transferred out and other players looking like they're going to be transferred out as well. So at what point do you throw in the towel if you're a team like Norwich City, the Canaries? Well, if Delia Smith isn't going to open up her cookbook and start throwing around some cash, what she has to do is she has to be that team that will take you on loan. I mean, Harry Kane played for Norwich City on loan. Um, they were talking about putting Kyle Walker-Peters out on loan. I think he was going to go to the posh, or as we call them, Peterborough. Um, Oliver Skip, uh, now that Sissoko is also out, they're thinking about keeping Skippy around. But what you should do is you should go to every team and say, who can we take on loan? I would be going to AC Milan and saying, you want Piatek? You're going to put him out on loan? Let, 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 we'll, we'll take him on loan here. Let him play in the Premier League. Right, just for the remaining 16 yeah. games or whatever so that you can maybe make some headway and be able to stay out of that relegation because what's the, the cost, roughly, between being promoted or staying in the league or being relegated? Is it on the order of $10 million? Oh, no, no. It's hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Just in a season? A singular in, in season? In a season because of the television rights. And when you get it, it used to be, it was funny, you had one game a week on TV. This was for a good decade when I was following the sport. One game a week would be televised, if you can believe that. And they're like, what do you mean? We, we could never, the country's too small. We could never do all these games. We only have one outlet. And then you'd either have Granada TV and then ITV and then Channel 4. They started doing league football with um, Divisions 2, 3, 4. Then they signed a deal with the championship. Like, we'll do one or two games from the championship a week. It seems harebrained now that they would do it. They finally got their act together, American style, and realized every one of these games has to be televised. And people will watch. And uh, I'll be watching tomorrow as the shoe takes on the woohoo. The shoe <laughs> against the woo. Is that in uh, the East London or at Bramall Lane? I would be Sheffield uh, United's home, so that would be East London. Uh, br- Bramall Lane. That's Bramall Lane. Yes, See, I, I, it was a 50-50 choice, <laughs> and I, I straight messed that one up. Uh, the aforementioned <laughs> Norwich City at Old Trafford. So the relegation battle doesn't get any easier, especially on the heels of United being... Somewhat embarrassed, at, at the very least chagrined, by their midweek loss to Man City. Kevin De Bruyne coming out and saying that they prepared for a grand total of 15 minutes for that Carabao Cup wow. semifinal. It was uh, City 3, United 1 in the first leg of a Carabao Cup derby. Yeah, the listen, Man City, if you can add another trophy to the, to the case, and you know it's a big deal to win the treble or as we would call it, the triple. If you can get both domestic cups and then win the league, it's it's been done before. Um, and if you're there, you might as well win it. And that's why you look at a team like Villa. This is their one chance to bring some silverware home. And I can tell you right now, Tottenham would give anything to still be in this competition right now. They played an FA Cup match um, against uh, a team that they, I would think, probably should have beaten. And uh, that's going to go to a, a replay now. Uh, back in London against Boro. It's funny, their Middlesbrough, 
That's how you say it, Middlesbrough, but the nickname is Boro. So they're going to play Boro. That's kind of like uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, and his nickname is Woj. Yeah, that's not bad. That's true. It's better than not bad. It's actually quite good on the spot. And I cross-pollinated, too, on Golasso Supremo. I like the pollination going on the pollination sensation. Sure. <laughs> Titillation. <laughs> Timmy Roy? Come, Come on, on in, in. He's Tim. coming through that door. Curry! FA Cup 1 1. Wow, you're right. That was uh, this past Sunday, Chelsea beating Nottingham Forest. Uh, Liverpool mm. surviving Everton. There was some controversy surrounding that, was there not? Um, was that yeah. a North London derby or that's a. Ever, that's the Merseyside the Merseyside derby. Side derby. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Merseyside. Yeah. The Merseyside derby. Yeah, there was some VAR questions. Oh, and imagine that. Everybody was um, putting these VAR results in the VAR. It said VAR results, you'll never walk alone, or VAR results, Liverpool always wins. <laughs> and um, it was about as heinous a handball as you could have. It was more of a handball than Musa Sissoko had in the Champions League final, but they didn't see anything wrong with it. And th- all we want is some consistency. Look, if you're going to measure Harry Kane or uh, Pookie's knuckle being farther than the other guy's knuckle. Pookie's knuckles uh, sounds like a Kentucky Derby horse. <laughs> and it's Pookie's knuckle on the outside. Pookie's knuckle sounds like uh, Punky Brewster's little sister, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have one up me right there. That was really good. <laughs> but I will say this. I was going to say consistent. it sounds like a sexual position. <laughs> Man, I hit her with that Pookie's knuckle. That's She's right. never been happier. What did you finish with? The swirl? <laughs> no, Pookie's knuckle. There you go, putty. Uh, we can do a whole podcast sure. on Pookie's Knuckles. Let's do it. <laughs> That's my favorite Scott band. I'm writing that down for the uh, for the precap because you know we send out a oh, yeah, a yeah, teaser yeah. description. That's right. I'm trying to be a little bit more diligent about that. This shows you how naive I am. When I first saw this, I'm like, "Wow, Carl really listened." Yeah, he did early, <laughs> and then he said, "Hey, uh, do me a favor, send me a precap. <laughs> that way, uh, I can just knock this out." I know because sometimes I would see him, and it's like. Rick cries and he's weak. And I'm like, wait, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) It is Galasso Supremo, Rick Tittle and Dan Dilley. Just going around the Premier League match day 22, actually, which is uh, coming up. I misspoke earlier and said 23. You've got Chelsea hosting Burnley. Chelsea in fourth right now in that uh, Champions League spot. Everton and Brighton. Leicester second in the table hosting Southampton and a return of the Vardy party, who he sat out a couple of for load management, a little bit of a light injury as well. Yeah, and that just shows you once. I mean, Liverpool's going to win the league anyway, but when Leicester is the team in your rearview mirror right now, it's just kind of a done deal. 13 point. points clear, especially after they uh, kind of gave them the little brother treatment oh, in, in the yeah. fixture on, was that Boxing Day or it was in, in or around the well, holiday where one of those, yeah. you know they played well, Leicester was in it, it was close, and then uh, Liverpool basically... Took him by the arm and said nothing? it got ugly late. Yeah, yeah and they, they kind of cuffed him around. What kind of chance do you give Liverpool at finishing the season unbeaten? Right now they sit inexplicably on 58 points in 20 fixtures. 19 wins and a singular draw. They've got 18 matches to go. Can they do the unthinkable? Well, it's been done. I would, I mean, Arsene Wenger's Invincibles with Arsenal, and he was the first guy ever to put out a team in uh, starting 11 with no Englishmen. It was mostly France and Senegal that was on that team. But since since, uh, Arsenal did it, I would say there is a chance. I would say it's a very, very minuscule chance of happening because they've, they've got the talent, they've got the coaching, 
but they've also had the luck. So it's a you better be lucky than good. They're lucky and good. And at some point, somebody has to get an own goal or VAR has to screw them at some point. So I don't think they're going to go in. And they haven't really sustained any injuries. And maybe that's the luck uh, of which you speak. And if you look at uh, Salah and Mane and Roberto Firmino, a.k.a. Bobby Firmino, they've stayed very very healthy. The midfield has been untainted. Virgil van Dyke has mm. been spectacular. He's got a great taint, by the way. Vir- Virgil van Dyke. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, yeah. Pookie's knuckle, though, is on the phone. <laughs> and I did, I, of course, write that down. Liverpool, 13 clear of Leicester. Then it's Man City. Those three look to be mortal locks for Champions League. Chelsea's mm-hmm. eight back of third place. And then Manchester United, five back at Chelsea. So not a ton of intrigue as it pertains to the top four. But Chelsea, Man U, I'm sorry, Man U, Tottenham, and the Wolves, and even the Shoe, all separated by just two points in that race for Europa. I think there is a shot, and of course they'll say, this is disrespect, but I think there's a shot for Leicester to fall. Right now, when you look at it, it's three teams, and then everybody's scrambling to be that fourth team, and as you say, Chelsea in pole position right now. I just don't see Leicester keeping this up. Now, I said that before, and they won the damn league. But I'm going to say it again. I just don't see them keeping it up. I, that doesn't mean they're going to fall out of the top four. Um, I, I still think they would probably get fifth at the worst. I'm not saying they're going to drop like a rock. I think it's just going to be hard. But you need another team to make their move. Man, United not, is not interested. Tottenham's not interested. Arsenal's not interested. Chelsea's acting like they're interested, but it's not real yet. So somebody has to step up. See, I look at the flaws across the board. Chelsea's so young mm-hmm. that, and you, you've seen it a little bit in the European competition where it's tough to stand up to that much pressure at the highest level. Manchester City has been a bit of a head scratcher because they have so much talent across the board, yet they've had some hiccups along the way. Mm-hmm. Manchester United with OGS, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't look to be quite strong enough. And you look at Leicester, and this Leicester team, to me, might be better than the one that won the league. You've got the best goalie in the Premier League in Casper Schmeichel. You've got a solid defense. You've got more pieces on the field. And Jamie Vardy, when they won the title, it seemed flukish. And now he's backing it up with a golden boot type performance. There, there's no doubt that they've got some great players, but I think about, you know, there's no more Maguire, there's no more Hoot in the back, and then there's no more Mares, and he really was the engine room for that team uh, the first time around. But I'm telling you right now, I mean, Brendan Rodgers, it looked like maybe he was going to be out of soccer, former, uh, well, he was Swansea, and he did really well with Swansea, so he got the Liverpool job, and then he got the boot. So he's showing that he still knows how to to coach, for sure. And a great defense with uh, Johnny Evans and Wilfred and A Man United cast off, yeah. Uh, of course, Soyunchi, Soyunchu, the great Turk with uh, multiple punctuations in his name. Mm-hmm. Their defense. He has a nice Ottoman, by the way. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Turkish Ottoman. The defense with the goalkeeper and Jamie Vardy's ability on the counter. I think that they're going to be too tough. They might slip to third. I can't see them going much further down than that. Their goalie, of course, Casper Schmeichel, who also, I talked about African, he was named Danish Footballer of the Year. And how cool is that? The son of the greatest, uh, maybe the greatest European goalkeeper of all time. Peter Schmeichel. Yes. Manchester United. And that's right about when I was starting to fall in love with the beautiful game. Eric Cantona. Ooh, out there Cantona. Wrecking shop. Absolutely <laughs> murdering people. And then Schmeichel at the back. Some early Man U. And, uh, of course, Ryan Giggs. Giggsy. Out wide. Sure. 
I remember uh, when uh, Cantona was on Sheffield Wednesday, they had their reserve play indoor. And so he was only playing indoor. And so then Leeds bought him. And then Leeds were like, okay, you can go to Man United now. It was just funny back then. And Leeds had Rio Ferdinand. That was that great team that got to the semifinals of the Champions League with uh, David O'Leary, who I couldn't stand, but he was the manager. VFB Stuttgart beat them, but they played an ineligible player, so they got to keep playing. Lee Chapman, Gordon Strachan, uh, David Batty, all those great Leeds players. And now you look at Leeds, where the hell are they right now? But yeah. Once you're, look at Nottingham, where the hell are they? Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest, one of the great, great teams for 30 years of me following soccer. Where have they been? Once you're out, and it's so hard to get back in sometimes. It's crazy to think of Knott's Forest as not in the Premier League. Yeah, you slip down to that to, to the championship, and then if you don't go top two, you got to get in that playoff. And if you don't you know, hang in the top six, you got to sit in the league. And like you say, with transfers going out and players not necessarily coming in, it's tough to find that quality again. Before we touch on the MLS Super Draft, I yes. wanted to hit you with the little Mario Balotelli news. Mm. The abuser, the verbal abuser, has been banned for five years from going to these these games in which he was abused. This happened back in November. And also, the 38-year-old was facing racist chants by Lazio fans just last weekend. Mm-hmm. What can really be done to eradicate this scourge on soccer society? Well, it just happens to, to do with, with people who have some class and some manners, and that's always going to be hard to do. Balotelli is a kind of a different case because he is Italian and a lot of Italians don't like that because he came from Africa and he was adopted by an Italian family and he is a bad boy. And he I remember when he was with Man City and he and Jekko got into a fight because he refused to score. He just let the ball sit there and he waited to mock the other team. He is a bad boy. And then there are a lot of people. Now, they're racist in every country, but there are a lot of racists in Italy who hated the fact that there was a very dark-skinned gentleman who was playing for the Azzurri, that it shouldn't, you should not have Africans. Remember, if you're in, in Italy, anyone south of you is worse than you, so that's why they hate everyone in Sicily. Although people in Sicily and Palermo and Messina and Syracuse, they're drinking coffee while everyone's getting rained on in Milan. Right. <laughs> But yeah, Balotelli has always kind of stuck under the craw of a lot of Italian fans. Um, but those fans are ignorant and racist. If you don't like him because he's a jackass, I get it. But, you know, not liking him because of his skin color, we know what that means. MLS Super Draft going on right now. Robbie Robinson, the forward out of Clemson, goes first overall to mm-hmm. the Miami Beckhams, uh, which is a, a nice pick for them. San Jose Earthquakes end up picking Tanner Beeson, a defender out of Stanford, what can be done to make this draft, obviously not the same as the NFL draft, but maybe put it on par with the MLB draft? You know, it's funny. I was talking about this. I had a soccer writer on my show a couple of days ago. He wrote a book called Why America Will Never Win the World Cup. And I was talking about how... A real ne- pick-me-up. <laughs> I said it should also be called Duh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, I talked about how I don't want American coaches. And then he's like, Bruce Arena was great because... Yeah, I'm like, whatever. But we talked about playing soccer in college. Now, first of all, calling it the super draft is stupid because it's it's a draft. You write in super, then it acts like it's more important. Um, and we've all gotten to know the first ever player taken in that. It was the former St. Louis Billiken by the name of Brian McBride at the Columbus Crew. He was the first one ever. But this whole thing about drafting these college kids 
how am I going to get excited about a guy who played at Stanford? How many college kids have done anything? John Harks at UVA. You got Creighton's Clint Dempsey. Uh, Tony Miola was also a Virginia Cavalier. It's just, you know, it's just the cycle that we keep doing. Now, if you're a high school kid and UCLA gives you a full ride, that's a dream. You should take it, but you're not going to be a world star. So this whole super draft thing, I listen, I hope this guy works out, but I just, it's hard to get excited about for me. Yeah, and me as well. And it's tough when you have a situation where the best way to develop is to not play in Major League Soccer. Like you say, even if you didn't go to a college and play right away as an 18-year-old, it would still be better to go overseas and play in a development program as opposed to going into the MLS. Yes, because uh, MLS is also how you buy a house. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.